everybody. This is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, June 20th, 2021. It is Father's Day. So I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially my dad. Happy Father's Day. I will be seeing him shortly. The title of the message today is Seed of Satan, DNA, and the COVID-19 Jab. Uh, we're moving further into the coming storm series of sermons, and this is something that I have been contemplating preaching on for a while and talking about for a while. I've done a lot of research on this topic, and I felt like it was something that I wanted to share with people. So, Seed of Satan, DNA, and the COVID-19 jab. Let's pray, and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you again that we're able to gather together uh, on the Sundays and uh, learn of you, learn of your word, hear the gospel. And Lord, I ask that you would uh, open our hearts and our minds to hear your truth today and to understand the truth of what is going on in the world around us from a biblical perspective from and through your word. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So again, title of the sermon, Seed of Satan, DNA, and the COVID-19 Jab. And a couple points I wanted to make as we get into this message is uh, this message and other messages in what I call the Coming Storm series of sermons uh, are meant to raise questions. Obviously, when I get into topics like this, I have an opinion. Uh, you'll obviously know what my opinion is by the end of the sermon, but it's my opinion. What I'm hoping to do is to get people to ask questions, not to just listen to what they're told through the mainstream media or um, the authorities that are putting out the mainstream narrative, but to question things and to question things in an intelligent, critical way that is most importantly based on the word of God and questions that are being born from a Christian perspective. I think that is so important. And the reason I'm getting into these topics, obviously the title of today's sermon is probably alarming and will probably very well uh, cause this to be deleted from uh, YouTube or, or Facebook. But the reason I'm addressing these topics is honestly, from a standpoint of concern and love for the church. Uh, the church must wake up and be aware of what is going on, what is taking place, and what is happening all over the world during these times in which we live. So this is not meant to be sensationalistic or to uh, try to create uh, a crisis where one might not exist. This truly comes from a concern and a love for the church so that we can navigate the times we live in the best way possible and to bring glory to God through it. Now, I want to identify or I want to define a couple terms because as soon as you see a title like this, you automatic those of the world automatically go, "Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. This is a conspiracy theory that the COVID-19 COVID-19 uh, issue is a hoax." Uh, that the vaccine is bad. Uh, this is just conspiracy theory. First of all, I want to I, I want to define what the word conspiracy means from the Oxford American Dictionary. It means to collude for an unlawful or harmful act. Conspiracy is defined by the Oxford American Dictionary as a secret plan to commit a crime or a plot. The term conspiracy theory. It's been around for a very long time, but it actually be began to be used derogatorily after thinking people began to question such events as the Kennedy assassination and the Roswell incident, the UFO incident back in the 40s. But especially it, it became a prevalent term and became to be heard much more often after the Kennedy assassination when people started questioning the report that was put out. And they realized that there was a lot of holes, things weren't making sense, um, and people didn't believe the government narrative. And because the government was being questioned, the CIA actually coined, used that phrase, conspiracy theorists, to 
discount any questioning of the official narrative. So it's been used since that time to try to stifle any kind of questioning of any official narrative when it comes to large societal issues that we're dealing with. Uh, alternative viewpoints that question mainstream narratives, narratives are nullified by labeling them as conspiracy theories. This is extremely important for us to understand. And I want to give you a couple examples of conspiracies from scripture and then from the real world. The plot to frame Daniel in Daniel 6 was a conspiracy. If you remember, he was put into a very high position of power in Babylon, and others that were jealous of him and did not want him to be in power were trying to find a way to basically frame him. So they put together a plot in order to make that happen. That was a conspiracy. The plot to capture and kill Paul in Acts 23 was a conspiracy. If you remember when he was arrested, he was in jail. It, his, uh, I believe it was his nephew came to him because he had heard about a plot to have Paul taken to another location while he was under arrest and while that transport was taking place to attack and to kill him. So they thwarted that conspiracy. The plot to capture and kill Jesus was a conspiracy. All through, especially the book of John and, and the other Gospels, we hear about the Pharisees mostly trying and conspiring of ways to trap Christ, arrest him, and to kill him. They conspired against him. The, the plot to kill all Jews by the Nazis was a conspiracy that we saw carried out historically. The plot to fabricate the Gulf of Tonkin incident to justify the Vietnam War was a conspiracy. And now we've seen so much evidence showing that that took place so they could justify sending more American men to die for something that they really didn't need to die for. It, they, they based the reasoning to justify that war on conspiracy. The 2020 election fraud was considered conspiracy theory, but now the more they investigated and the more they look at what took place, we're realizing that it really was a conspiracy that probably took place to steal a presidential election in the United States. Um, a year or so ago, when people were raising concerns that they believed that the COVID-19 virus was man-made and came from the Wuhan lab in China, that was automatically shut down by the mainstream news. And they said, no, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's literally what they said. Now the mainstream news doesn't want to deal with it because that's being proven to be true. So the point I'm trying to make is there is nothing wrong with looking at things, questioning things, considering things, especially from a biblical perspective, and uncovering the fact that maybe there's a conspiracy going on here that's not in our best interests. So what I'm trying to get across is the fact that don't let the mainstream shut you down and say, well, just because you think that you're a conspiracy theorist, there's no way that's true. You're just a conspiracy theorist. That is not intended, it should not be intended to be a derogatory label to put on someone. And it's like I shared a couple of weeks ago, you know, when I really dove into trying to figure out what was going on in the United States and the world at the highest levels of control, it led me to a very dark place. And as I listened to these different individuals, they were constantly vilified. The guys I was listening to were vilified and put down by the mainstream as just being wacko conspiracy theorists. What's fascinating is the things that they warned of 10, 15, 20 years ago are now all coming to pass. So yes, they were conspiracy. They were theorizing that these conspiracies would take place and they are taking place. So we need to take these things seriously or we could be victimized by them. And we are in a very precarious time right now. So we must pay attention to what's going on in the world around us. The first verse I want to look at today is Genesis 3, 15 from the King James Version. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, he's talking about Satan and the woman, Eve, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his 
heal. So he's talking about this hatred that was going to be in place from that moment in the Garden of Eden when mankind fell into sin, there was going to be hatred between the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman. And it's like I said a couple of weeks ago, the obvious context that we see that in is Christ and the Antichrist, the seed of Satan, the seed of, the, of God, the Son of God. But that goes further, and that's what I want to address today in the context of what we've been dealing with with the coronavirus issue. So again, that verse is, and I will put enmity or hatred between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise thy heel. I want to look at a couple words here and define them and look at them more closely. Enmity. If you look at it in the original Hebrew language, it's uh, defined as hostility, enmity, hatred, to be an, an enemy to. Now I want to look at two other words, seed, that's referred to in that verse, and then DNA, because DNA is something that we hear a lot about nowadays. So what are the similarities between the definition of seed that we read about in that portion of scripture and the de definition of DNA that we hear so much in the modern world? Seed in the original Hebrew can be defined as fruit, offspring, child. Very clear definition. DNA from the Oxford Dictionary is simply defined as the material that carries genetic information in chromosomes. So really, it's the same definition of a seed, because a seed is basically a packet of coded instructions that have been designed by God. And if you really think, there's so much that we take for granted in this world, but if you think about the fact that in the springtime, you can take this tiny little seed, plant it in the ground, and in a very short time, you see it sprout, and then it grows, and it turns into something beautiful. Yesterday, my wife and I were sitting in our backyard, and I was just amazed at this tree that we have in our backyard that just happened to grow from us, we didn't even know how it got there. Somehow the seed ended up in our backyard. And in about two years, it's grown from nothing to being probably 20 to 25 feet tall in our backyard. It's miraculous when you think about that coating and how it takes place and things grow. If you think about the seed action that takes place when a child is conceived, how that sperm enters the ova and that DNA sequencing, something happens, and that flash of life happens, and it turns into a human being. I mean, it's amazing when you think of what God does through the seed or through DNA. And I want to look at these two verses to help amplify my point from a biblical perspective. Job 10.11 and Job 31.15, it says, You clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. And then Job 3, uh, 31, 15, did not he who made me in the womb make him? And did not one fashion us in the womb? We're seeing Job praising God for exactly what we're talking about right now. The amazing, complex, uh, mysterious way that God uses this design that he puts together, these coded instructions that he puts together that turn into living beings, humans, plants, trees, animals, whatever it is. I mean, it's amazing. And that's what Job is praising the Lord for here. Now, with that in mind, I want you to look at the Messiah as the seed, enmity between the seed of Satan, enmity between the seed of the woman, which would be the Messiah. We know that from Eve, that line led to the Messiah that would save mankind because we had to be saved because of our fall into sin that took place in the Garden of Eden. Since that moment, when God made that declaration in the Garden of Eden, Satan has been trying to destroy the Messianic seed and by extension, the seed that springs from the Messianic line, children of God believers in Jesus Christ. Let's look at some examples in scripture of Satan trying to destroy the seed of the coming Messiah. Genesis 4, 8. 
Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So right after God makes this declaration in the, in the garden to Adam and Eve, we see it carried out where their two sons, Cain, kills Abel. So we see that enmity carried out almost instantly in history. Now let's look further in Genesis, Genesis 6-4 and then 6-9. And this one's really interesting. Genesis 6-4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago that the Nephilim, these fallen angels, came down, produced offspring with human women. Those offspring, the Nephilim, were a corrupted human, angelic, fallen angelic hybrid. So you could say that because of that union, that original pure DNA structure that God placed in humanity, because remember, we are created in the image of God. Satan wants to destroy that in any way he can. That DNA structure, that seed, because of that union in those beings was corrupted. So the Nephilim was a corrupted seed that was corrupting the earth. Then look at what we read in, in Genesis 6, 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So what I believe that's telling us is Noah was pure in his DNA, in his seed, which is his generations. One of the reasons God was wiping out humanity from the face of the earth was to get rid of the corrupt Nephilim to get rid of what the evil and fallen angels had done and to preserve a pure line of DNA through Noah. Why would he want to do that? Because through Noah, the Messiah would be born. So God was preserving that pure seed, that pure DNA structure through Noah. And obviously, I'm just I'm using this in one context right now. There, there are many different things we can learn from God preserving Noah and his family on the ark. Obviously, that also symbolizes believers being in Christ as the world is being tried and destroyed and going through judgment. We are preserved and sealed and kept in the ark, which is Christ. So there's other ways to look at that. I'm just using it from this context of seed and DNA right now to help make the, the very important points that this sermon needs to address. Now let's look at Matthew 2, 13 through 16. We're moving thousands of years ahead into history into the New Testament. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Herod is of the seed of Satan. He is of the world. He is, he, he's serving the interests of Satan. What's he doing? Satan is using him to try to destroy the Messiah. It says right there, he is about to search for the child to destroy him. Remember, the wise men came to Herod. He asked them why they were searching for this child, and they explained to him the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. He was filled with so much hatred and so much evil because of his father, Satan, that he was willing to wipe out innocent children in an attempt to try to stop the coming Messiah. That shows us the level of hatred that Satan has for the human race in general, because we are told that we are the made in the image of God, and especially those that are that are the children of God who reside in Jesus Christ, who are sealed in his righteousness and bear his name. That just gives us an idea of that hatred that we're dealing with. Then look at uh, Luke 23, 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, right there, it sounds like Satan was successful in what he had been trying to do since the Garden of Eden. He had been trying to destroy the seed 
that would provide salvation for mankind and snatch them out of Satan's hand. And he thought he had achieved victory through what was accomplished, what he thought he had accomplished at Calvary by crucifying Christ, who was the Messiah. Satan thought he had won at Calvary, but he was very wrong. He was defeated, and because he was defeated, and now he knows that, he is in a rage. He's seeking to corrupt and destroy the seed of the Messiah, the children of God, who are his body and his bride, that proclaim his message of salvation to the world. Why is he in a rage? Because of what happened three days after he was he died on the cross. We read in Luke 24, 6 through 7, he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. When Christ rose from the dead, Satan's defeat was sealed. Death no longer had power over Christ or those in Christ. Satan's defeat was shown to him when Christ rose from the grave. And that is why Satan is in a rage now, trying to do everything he can to attack humanity and to especially attack, attack those children of God which abide in Jesus Christ and are sealed in him. He seeks to destroy us. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm not trying to paint a picture that doesn't exist. The Bible tells us that your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That is what our enemy's viewpoint is of us. And we have pushed that under the rug for far too long. There are portions of the Christian church that actually preach that Satan doesn't really exist. He's just a, a symbolic representation of, of the evil of humanity or whatever. No, he exists. That's why he's written about and talked about all through Scripture. Now notice this, Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Satan knows that his destruction lies at the hand of Christ and his church. So his hatred increases as time goes by. And you've got to understand, Satan is a created being. There is only one all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing God, and that is God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Satan is a created being. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He knows way more than we do, but he is not God, so he makes mistakes. He fails. He thinks he succeeded at Calvary, and he didn't. And the more he fails through history, I'm convinced he becomes more angry, goes into more of a rage, but he also grows smarter. And I believe that's why it talks about the seven-year tribulation at the end of time. That's the culmination of the tribulation that began at the very birth of the church. That's why John in chapter one says, I, John, your partaker or your brother, uh, your fellow partaker in tribulation. That seven years, I don't believe is literal. I believe it's a representation because seven always signifies completion. But I believe that there's a very real chance that the, the, the very end of time before Christ returns on Judgment Day, that that will be a, more, a mostly intense time of Satan just absolutely out of control, doing everything he can to thwart the plan of God. And that could be what we're starting to see right now. So the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, let's get back to this topic of seed and DNA. And I think it's pretty clear that they, they can pretty much mean the same thing, seed and DNA. So to corrupt the DNA, does that mean that we could be corrupting the seed? And I think the question for, to that would obviously be, Yes. Now, with the current crisis that we've been dealing with for the last year and a half or so, I want to ask it a few questions and then look at how DNA might be something we really want to pay a lot of attention to with what we're dealing with right now. Ask yourself these questions. Like I said, these sermons are meant 
to raise more questions than answer, I think, to get people thinking about things from a biblical perspective. Why have the numbers of COVID-19 infections and deaths been so inflated? Now, the mainstream media will say they haven't been inflated. That's a conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you I have researched this since it started, and I have proof after proof after proof that these numbers have been inflated since day one. Why was the reporting model that has been used for 15 years by the CDC changed? Why was it changed for COVID-19 so that almost every cause of death could be labeled a COVID-19 death? That is a fact. They have used, it's either 15 or 17 years, they've been using hospitals all over the United States have been using the same guidelines and the same forms to report causes of death. That was thrown out and a special one was put in place when this COVID thing came in back in February or March last year, so that just about any cause of death could be labeled COVID-19. And we have seen where people have been in a motorcycle accident because at some point they had been tested positive for COVID-19, that was labeled the cause. There was a lot of ridiculous circumstances and situations like that. We've also heard the testimony of people that have worked in hospitals and, and testified that those hospitals receive massive amounts of money the more they diagnose COVID-19, the more they test for it, the more they treat it, whether people have it or not. There is a huge monetary incentive for them to play the game of the COVID-19 narrative. Why is that? Today, why are people being bribed in such bizarre ways or threatened to get the COVID vaccine jab? Why are the vaccines promoted relentlessly on every mainstream source? There are states where if you get the vaccine, you can enter a lottery, you can win a million dollars. Other states, they're giving away donuts. Other states, I mean, it, it's ridiculous the promotions that you hear to get people to get this vaccine. Why is it such a big deal when the actual proven survival rate of COVID-19 is well over 99.7%? Now, I can understand if I looked out my office window right now and I saw people passing out in the street and there's bodies and people are foaming at the mouth and it was an actual pandemic and it was actually taking place, then I could see, yes, we, we've got to do something. People are dying by the millions. I mean... It's horrific what's happening. That's not what's happening. There is no pandemic. That's the problem with the whole COVID-19 pandemic is there's never been one. You see, it hasn't truly existed. The pandemic hasn't been there. But they're pushing, pushing this vaccine like nothing I've ever seen before. It's amazing. The TV commercials, the, 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 the radio commercials, on mainstream media or on the on internet, everywhere you turn, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. And then they're just outright lying, say it's been tested, hasn't been tested near enough. They say it's safe, that's proven to not be true. They're saying it's effective, that's proven to not be true, but they don't care. It's just that, get it, get it, get it. You see, why is that? Why are they pushing it so much? And then the next question, why is the damage and death from the vaccines being covered up and ignored by the mainstream media? Spend a little time researching truthful outlets on the web that actually try to wake people up to what's going on, and you will be horrified when you discover the suffering and death that is taking place because of these vaccines. Now, with that being said, let's ask some more questions. Who designs our DNA? Who designs the code in the seed that becomes us? Obviously, the answer to those questions is God. God designs our DNA that makes each individual person who is created in the image of God be an imager of God in their own individual way that God designed them to be. I am who I am because of the DNA coding that God put in place to make me the person I am. And that is the same for every human being. So the coding in the seed is designed by God. Should we be tampering <clears throat> with that design? Do you want to mess with coding that was put in place 
and designed by the creator of the universe? Do you want to think that you can improve on that coding structure? Just think of it from a computer standpoint. Do you want to mess with that code? Is there any way you can even comprehend how complex it is? And I'd say, no. Let's put it in this. Let's use this as an example. What happens if you buy a new car? What happens to a car's warranty if you change something within the engine of the car yourself? What happens to that car's warranty if you disconnect something because you just don't think it needs to be connected? Or you change something in the car's computer system? Or you add something to the engine? The car's warranty states that if you do any of those things, the warranty is null and void and they will not pay for any repairs. Why? Because the car is so complex and there is so much design that's worked into the creation of that car that if you change one thing, you could be affecting many others. If you add something, you could cause a problem in something that you weren't aware in a place that you weren't aware of. So the automobile manufacturer, knowing how complexly this automobile is designed, because they're the ones that designed and created it and manufactured it, realize that if they allow you to change what they've designed, it's probably going to cause problems and they don't want to be responsible to pay for it because it's not their fault. You screwed it up. Now think of that. that a car is so complex, it's nothing compared to the complexity of the DNA structure that makes up a human being, nothing. Now, think of that complexity. Think of God as the designer of our DNA. He's the one that designs every aspect of who we are. And ask yourself, what is a messenger RNA vaccine? What do they do? That's This COVID-19 vaccine is known as a messenger RNA vaccine. And that's what's used in these COVID shots. First of all, messenger from the Greek means angelos or angel, which is very interesting. Because remember, what was the first major corruption on the earth? Fallen angels corrupting the DNA structure of the human genome. And that's one of the reasons that led to God wiping out mankind in the flood. So it's interesting that messenger in Greek is angelos, which means angel. Is there something behind the term messenger? Just what message might be delivered through the shot that we're not aware of? What might be the long-term effects or the long-term plan of these shots? Listen to this. This is from a site that I followed for years. It's called naturalnews.com. And they have an article on there called Dirty Vaccines 101. Dangerous mRNA COVID inoculations explained in layman's terms for concerned people to understand. And I've just taken um, a few paragraphs from this article to help you guys understand what an mRNA vaccine is. The article says, back in 2008, some doctors translated what it means for cells to convert DNA into working proteins, a process they described as a decoding of instructions for making proteins, which involves mRNA transcriptions. The workhorses of the human cell are encoded protein molecules that help the body metabolize nutrients, meaning they are, they are life-sustaining chemical, chemical reactions that convert food to energy and eliminate metabolic waste. In other words, encoded protein molecules are carrying out functions necessary for all human life. And that's what the vaccine technology is manipulating. Now, again, Think of that car analogy and then expand on the severity of changing something like that. So that's what the vaccine technology is manipulating. <clears throat> Moving forward in the article. Now with mRNA vaccine technology, the information in your DNA that's being transferred to messenger RNA molecules is being permanently changed and not for your health and safety. So they are permanently altering your DNA structure. This manipulation is called transcription, <clears throat> excuse me, and during this process, the mRNA gets read by its new mutated genetic code, and its genetic code is the new template for the chain of amino acids that will form a protein. This is where it gets very scary. 
scientists are now fully capable of transcribing, translating, and mutating genes. Scientists believe they now have enough research to completely profile these transcriptions of cells with the complete set of RNA transcripts. This research is why mRNA vaccines have a huge impact on cellular functioning and may explain why there are so many deadly side effects already being witnessed, including severe blood clots, intolerable nerve pain, blindness, deafness, and death. Moving forward in the article, these dirty vaccines being pushed so hard by Bill Gates, the Biden regime, and the CDC are able to manipulate your cells into producing mutated proteins or prions that replicate like cancer uncontrollably. The vaccines, in summary, convert the genetic information encoded in your DNA into new gene products that can even be passed on to the next generation. Now notice it says new gene products. That's an interesting word considering that we are constantly labeled consumers. New gene products that can be that can even be passed on to the next generation. That means a wave of deformed immune compromised children may be the next generation X born into this demented world of chemical medicine and biological warfare. Will all new children born from mRNA vaccinated parents have severe autism and early onset dementia? Soon to find out. Very, very interesting to consider these things. And it's scary to think about. We have no business messing with God's design structure. I'm sorry, folks. We just don't. And I don't see any justification for it in any instance medically, societally, at all. And you know, where it mentions like Bill Gates, spend some time researching his history. This man is responsible for such horrific suffering and death in third world countries because of the vaccine test that he has done. It, it, it's mind-blowing. The guy should honestly be in prison. Look at Fauci's records and the things that he did in the 80s during the, uh, during the AIDS epidemic the damage that he did because of greed. I'm not making this up. I'm not accusing these men lightly. I don't do that. I've researched them, and these are not people you want to be putting your health in the hands of. I can tell you. Think about that. Now, the mRNA vaccine has something within it called a luciferase enzyme. It's something that is created, and it's patented. And it's within the vaccine. It's called a luciferase enzyme. Now, notice that the first part of that word is lucifer. Luciferase enzyme. It's a bioluminescent material, which means it can it, it, it's like a light source. It's bioluminescent. They believe it will be used as a way to verify vaccination, to verify successful gene modification. What they'll be able to do is to scan over the area where you've got the vaccine with a phone and an app in order to verify vaccination. It's basically a scannable digital ID to verify that someone has had their genes altered because they've taken the vaccine. And because it has been created and it's been patented, you will become a product containing created and patented material. So just think about control. Think about power. Think about what can be done if you can talk people into accepting something like this. I'm not making this up. Consider this. We talked about the blindness, the deafness, the death, the nerve damage that people are suffering. The vaccine, vaccine industry was granted immunity years ago by the U.S. government from any liability arising for damage or death caused by their products. So if you go out today, you get the vaccine, and you're paralyzed the next day, or you die, or something horrific happens, you have no legal recourse against the vaccine manufacturer. So you've got an industry that was given billions of dollars by the U.S. government to create these vaccines, and then we, the U.S. government pays them for the vaccines, and then when the vaccines cause horrific harm in people's lives, the U.S. government protects them from liability. In what universe does that make sense? If this isn't putting up red flags, you've got to be completely clueless. 
This has got to be very concerning for anybody that thinks. A question that I get asked over the last few months quite often is, do I think the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast? No, but I do feel it could be conditioning and preparation for it. The evil powers controlling this world have learned over the last year and a half how easy it is to control the masses through fear, propaganda, and manipulation. The sense that I have gotten through the COVID thing since the very beginning is that this is a test. How much can we get away with? How much can we get people to accept? What can we make them do regardless of whether it makes sense or not? Think of how many people have walked around with masks on for a year and a half and they do nothing. They don't need them. It's a virus with a 99.7% survival rate. People are sending their poor kids to school day in and day out with masks on, and kids are at almost completely immune to this thing. But those in power are saying, look at what we can make them do through control, through fear, through propaganda, through manipulation, and just repeating the mantra over and over again. Be scared of COVID. Be scared of COVID. Be scared of COVID. Death, death, death. They just put that out enough that people just go along with it. The other day, I went to the post office, um, and this little kid came in with his dad, and he looked at me and goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. He was like four years old. And I said, what's wrong? He goes, I forgot to put on my mask. And I was like, how horrific that a little four- or five-year-old boy is embarrassed because he walked into the post office without a mask on. I've never worn one. Think of that. I thought, that poor little guy is so messed up because of this. Four or five years old, and he thinks he has to wear a mask. What that's doing is it's telling him that he is dangerous to other humans, and they are dangerous to him. That's the damage that's being done through this. And it's why we've got to fight back against it and make a case against it. It's ridiculous. So I don't think the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. I think the mark of the beast will be a very clear choice that I am choosing evil over Christ. I am choosing the Antichrist over Christ. Christians will know, and we will, I think we, those that are truly in Christ will easily know that this is something we don't do. But I don't think this is that point yet. I think it could be, it's definitely got to be some kind of preparation for it because I, I never thought I'd see the gullibility uh, that I've seen in the last year. And even among people that I've known to be Christians my entire life who have just laid down for this thing and not even questioned it. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I've said this before, and it's something that has served me very well since I started studying these things years ago. If the media says something is true, I consider it false until it's proven true. If a politician or a government official says something is, is true, it is a lie until proven true. That's just the way I look at things. Now, that may sound negative. That may sound sinister or not sinister, um, skeptical. And maybe it is, but it's the way I look at the world out there. And it's the way Christians, I believe, should look at the world out there. So many Christians will question scripture and try to spend time taking parts of the Bible out that they don't agree with or they don't like, or parts of the gospel that they don't want to deal with and accept, but they'll turn on the mainstream news and just drink the Kool-Aid day in and day out with ever, without ever questioning it. But we are at a point where we've got to start seeing things this way. That's why Christ warned us. He says, if, you let, if the world hated me, it will hate you. So I believe if the media says it, I assume it's false until proven true. If a government official or a politician is saying it, I assume it's a lie until they prove it's true. Look at John 8, 44 to help reiterate this point. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus was telling this to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his time when he was on earth. So the things I just said, I don't believe are extreme. Or that you'd have to say is extreme. Folks, what it comes down to is you must understand that those who control this world have a perspective that is 180 degrees from the Christian perspective. To them, humanity is a plague destroying the planet that must be mostly eliminated in order for them to survive. What they say and what they believe are two very different 
things. Remember, God said, I will put enmity between the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman. What they put on in public is not what they're believing in private. Ask yourself, why was Jeffrey Epstein killed? He didn't kill himself. Why was he eliminated? What did he know? What did he see? Folks, I can tell you when I was deeply into studying this stuff, I uncovered things that were so horrific that you didn't want to think about it anymore. And I know these things are taking place in our world. I know it. Satanism is so prevalent. Occultism is so prevalent. It's been around since the beginning of time. And it's like wildfire right now. The reason America is falling apart, the reason, if you look at the definition of what America was at its founding, America doesn't even exist anymore. It is because of occultism, Satanism, and a forsaking of the ways of God. That's what it comes down to. But this is what you have to remember. I don't want to close on a negative note. We don't have to. We need to be aware but the thing, the paradox of Christianity is in spite of all this going on, we see what's happening and we realize that we are in Christ. We rejoice in him. We are protected from these things. We are sealed in Christ and this world cannot mess with us. We are sealed in Christ. John, 1 John 5, 19 through 20 says, We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, given us understanding. That's what we're trying to accomplish here today, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. That's what you have to focus on. So what I'm trying to get across is, you can't put your head in the sand. We have to understand what's going on in the world around us. We have to realize the level of depravity and evil that is working behind the scenes that is making these things take place. We can't just ignore it, but we have to look at it from a Christ-like perspective, and we have to look at it from a perspective of compassion and love and try to wake people up to the truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ shines so brightly right now because the darkness is getting so bad. So seek him, strive to be conformed to his image, and reject the things of this world. Don't be afraid to make a stand. And above all, please inform yourself, educate yourself. Do not go along with what you're told you must do simply out of fear, because that never ends up in a good place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this opportunity to gather together today. And Lord, I just ask that you would strengthen each person that hears this message, that you would bless us with discernment to see things through Christ-like eyes, that we would not fall for the ways of Satan and the ways of this world, that we would be not deceived and led astray to do things that are contrary to you, and that we would have faith that you will keep us on the narrow path and you will give us the strength we need to make a stand for truth and righteousness and to glorify you in all that we do. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here today, folks, and listening to this. I'm going to try to remember to start putting some more show notes in the podcast. So if you listen to this via the podcast, I'll try to put some links to where I get some of this information, some of the books that I use, that I've read, that I study from, uh, some of the videos that I watch or sites that I pay attention to, newsletters that I receive. So you guys will I'll have more of that information. If you have any questions, please email me at chad at the way, the letter R122.org. If you'd like to help support the ministry, we need all the help we can get. We very much are striving to get a Bible school established at my friend Patrick's uh, church, school, and home location in Nairobi, Kenya. I just saw the note where he is watching today. Hello, Pastor Patrick. I'm glad you're here from Nairobi. Um, you can support us uh, by visiting elephantwalk.net. That is a business that my brother-in-law and I started in order to help support the ministry, to help lift artisans in third world countries out of poverty. Uh, we have just an amazing product line that we're very proud of. The business is starting to take off. Uh, we're praising the Lord from that for that. But please visit elephantwalk.net and consider uh, do some shopping there because it will help support the ministry directly. If you'd like to 
visit the website. Just go to the way, the letter R122.org. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Just search for the way radio in the search field. Um, Right now, you can find us on YouTube, very close to being kicked off completely. They've got me locked out for at least two weeks, but the videos from a few weeks ago and before that are still up. So what I've done is I've set up a new channel. If you go to Rumble and you just search for The Way, R122, three separate phrases, the dash or the space way space R122. Uh, we've got a new channel on there. The last three sermons are on there. I'll put this one up probably tomorrow. And then I'm going to try to uh, put the older stuff on gradually as we move forward. As of right now, they don't have the ability to put things in chronological order, but I heard from them yesterday and they said in the next couple of months, they'll have that ability. So then I can organize things better, but I'm excited to be on Rumble the way R122. Like I said, please consider helping us out. Uh, by donating. If you can make a commitment to help us monthly, that really helps us plan. Just go to the way r122.org. All right. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. I will see you next week, next same time, same place. God bless.